the Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. I have to say that giving away gifts or money on this station is possibly one of the best things that one can do. It makes you feel absolutely fantastic. Kia Malobi from Soweto, congratulations. A baby on the way and that 8,700 will do super well. That is for sure. Now, a little bit earlier, I spoke to you about the strange history of ice cream flavors. And I see that uh, one of you has uh, sent some really interesting stuff about that. And we'll talk about it in a moment. But you know, ice cream didn't always come with beautiful vanilla and uh, meringue and choc chip and um, mango tastes. Mm. It came with some of the weirdest tastes in the world, including things like a chicken pate spiked with curry and Worcester sauce with egg yolk and anchovy. The thought of eating an ice cream like that makes me actually want to vomit on the spot. Dr. Lindsay Middleton is a food historian. She's also a knowledge exchange associate at the University of Glasgow. Uh, Dr. Middleton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk about uh, the history of ice cream. How far back does it go? Um, Well, ice cream has been eaten in some form or other for thousands of years. Uh, We have records of the Romans eating um, snow that would have been flavoured with fruit syrups or or, you know, spices. So whilst that might not be ice cream in the way that we know it now, um, it has been around for almost as long as as people realised really that you could you could put flavours into snow and ice. And then it was around the um, 15th century that it was discovered that if you added salt to ice, it lowered the temperature. And at that point, people began using ice to churn um, flavoured creams and custards. So that would have been when ice cream, as as was perhaps more familiar to us today, began to be eaten. So just uh, for, for clarity, the difference between sorbet and ice cream. So ice cream, I understand, has milk, may have milk and eggs, if I'm not mistaken, mixed into it. Whereas sorbet would be, in fact, what the Romans had worked with, which would have been the ice in the beginning. Yes, and and right through to the sort of 19th century, you see a distinction between what they called uh, water ices versus iced creams or custard. Um, So initially, it would have been those um, water iced mixtures that people would have been eating because it was easier to just add flavors to existing snow or ice than it was to actually churn, like get a get a cream or custard cold enough so that it actually began freezing. It was that freezing element that was difficult, particularly in the home or in countries where ice had to be imported in or, or and then stored in ice houses, making the whole process very expensive. Dr. Middleton, we need to go to a break, but when we come back from the break, I'd like you to give us some of the examples, some of the more disgusting examples of uh, ice cream as it was made in the past. It's 20 to 10. The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. 
9.41, we're talking about the rather strange history of ice cream flavors. Uh, someone has said ice cream variations have existed since ancient times. The Persians ate snow flavored with grape juice. The Chinese froze a milk and rice mixture. And the Emperor Nero liked ice with fruit on top. Someone else saying apparently ice cream can also be made from camel's milk, which is extremely low in cholesterol. Mm. Not sure about that, but uh, we move back to Dr. Lindsay Middleton, who is a food historian at the University of Glasgow. We were talking, Dr. Middleton, about some of the strangest tastes and flavors that have been made into ice creams. Yes, there's a huge variety of historical ice cream flavors that really do sort of change the game compared to what we're used to now so the ones that always fascinate me most are the savory flavors um in there are many recipes for different kinds of cheese flavored ice cream which is interesting you know parmesan or other cheeses and then um you get cucumber ice cream or spinach ice cream um i've seen also recipes for curried meat ice creams where chicken or or anchovies are added to sort of made into a patty and then frozen and served as a first course rather than something that ends the meal um different spices are put into ice creams historically as well so you get saffron ice creams which should be um you know not as common today basically any any flavor that you could add to a liquid could be frozen and made into an ice cream and probably was. You know, I suppose what, what, uh, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, the thing is, is that we often think of ice cream as a dessert. Um, Mm. And so because we think of it as a dessert, we think of it as a sweet. But as you say, there's the idea of a savory ice cream, which one could almost have as a starter or even as part of Mm -hmm. your main meal. Or you could have a sorbet, which is like a, what do they call it? A palate cleanser. Um, Mm. Is that what they were used for in the past? Or did people say, oh, it's a very hot day. I'm going to go for a walk in the park with a chicken pate spiked um, curry (laughs) pie. No, I mean, I think those that kind of ice cream would be made at home or in a restaurant and it would be part of a meal and it would probably come either between courses or to, to begin the meal. But your point about going for a walk in the park is really interesting because I think there was a point in the 19th century when ice cream became very tied to leisure activities. And that was because um, immigrants from Italy traveled to the United Kingdom and the United States of America, and they brought ice cream with them. And that was the re- really the first point where ice cream was produced as a food that you could buy and eat on the street. So it was it was a street vendor that would sell it to you on a on a glass um, sort of cone shaped device that was called a lick, a penny lick, and you would buy the ice cream, it would be served on this, you would eat it, and then you would give that back to the vendor. And people would, would go, whether they were going to a fair or to the park or on holiday to the seaside. And that was really when ice cream began to be associated with holidays and summer and, and days out. Dr. Middleton, um, I, I forget the book, I read a wonderful book, uh, it was a fiction novel, but one of the characters actually stored ice in the United States in the 1800s and stored mm. and in fact um, would cut it up and then it would be sold. What is the history mm-hmm. of ice being literally imported to to the UK from, from the US and many other places? 
Yeah, it's a really interesting history. And that's one of the reasons why up until the 19th century, ice cream was very much or any kind of iced food was very much something that was reserved for the very wealthy. And that was because up until the 19th century, um, you ice would be harvested from rivers and lakes in Britain because it did get cold enough back then for things to freeze. But it had to be so stored in ice houses and you needed lots of money and space to be able to afford an ice house. But in the 1800s, they began to import ice from um, Scandinavia and the United States to places like London, where it would be stored in huge ice warehouses. And that meant it could be sold commercially and it made it a lot cheaper and more readily available. So what's your favourite brand of ice cream or certainly taste? (laughs) I really like cherry ice cream sort of vanilla with cherries through it is really good but I do that recipe for the the anch- the anchovy ice cream fascinates me I'm, I'm tempted to make it <clears throat> and see how it tastes but I don't know that might be a bad idea Ew, I don't know so much I think it could be Dr Lindsay Middleton thank you so much for joining us we appreciate you taking the time food historian and knowledge exchange associate at the University of Glasgow talking about the history, the strange history of ice cream flavours. I could eat an ice cream that uh, tasted of parmigiano cheese, but I just don't think I could do one that had Worcestershire sauce in it uh, and uh, anchovy. I just, I don't know, the gravy and the gelatine and the, just maybe as as a dish, a main dish at lunch or something. Not quite sure.